Hi, this is your unfriendly neighborhood Dungeon Master Kyle Scott. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for listening to Caverns and Comedians. Make sure you are telling people about it. Uh, you can find us at Caverns Pod on Twitter, and there's cavernsandcomedians.com. But the best thing you can do for us is to rate and review us, especially on iTunes. You can also maybe even send donations to us, which you can find out how to do that by the website. That'd be much appreciated. Maddox puts a lot of money into this show, and none of us are willing to help him. I'm so poor. <laughs> Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Last time, while at a summer camp for dragons, a prank against a tree backfired when the tree fought back. Golden Leaf calls Jero. Jero! And a, an older gentleman with sort of crazy patchy gray hair comes out of the nicest cottage there. And he walks up to Golden Leaf, steps over the prone body of Hank, looks down at the unconscious gnome, looks up at the grappled and restrained teenager. Are these more pranksters? What did they do? They tried to cut me down. What? That's not in the rules. That's against the rules. Specifically, no harming the... Oh, Ooh, the russet feathers are really going to get it this time. You there. You're... What are you trying to do to us? He says to Snakey. <sighs> Camp stuff. It's more trouble. I don't know. This is against the rules. Who sent you here? Uh, uh, the blonde lady. Also, none of your business. Also, let me down. Oh, we'll have a talk with you. I'll have a, I'll have to have a talk with Beckles. She'll have to hear about this. I am. He's not going to be happy. He begrudgingly goes back into his cabin, comes out with a first aid kit, pulls out uh, two healing potions, and pours them into your mouths. Are we still running? I want to be running now. Wait, wait. There's only one polymorph smell here. Who are these guys, he says directly to Hank. They're friends of mine that I got to bring to camp to show them when they can come next year. You can't. There's no outsiders. That's another rule breaking. Oops. I'm not good at rules. They made you a counselor next year. You're going to be a kid. Do you think he's a dragon? Which he totally is. You're not a... How did you get in? How did you get the uniforms? What, what is going on here? I demand you explain this to me. You know, there's no door on the entry to your cave. It says no trespassing. In what language? Well. Did you ever think about that? You ever think about how many languages you should put that sign in? Like, if you want only dragons in here, the don't go in here sign should be written in every language but dragons. You come to the mountains of dragons, and you don't speak dragons? That's just rude! Wait, I want to interrupt, but Hank, you're so handsome, which makes you more believable and more trustworthy somehow. I mean, I've been smart this whole time. You guys just never listen to me. Wait, there's no way that's true. It's because your face looked like an old peach. Yeah, but under that peach was always a ripe Pip. mind. Ripe mind. I was smart. I don't know if Pitt's in the middle of it. There's no way you were smart. I'm a wizard. How did you not put that together? 
because you were a poop I wizard. I the arcane energies and stuff. It's so believable with that face. Oh, so you're a band of adventurers. That's even worse. Oh, uh, we're bear delivery people. That's another rule broken. So far, you've attacked a Trent, a magical, wonderful creature that no one could ever find any reason In to harm. In our defense, he didn't acknowledge that he was a Trent until after we'd attacked him. Yeah, like really customer service-wise, very low, very low marks. Look, I think you think that there's a, a way for yourselves to argue yourselves out of this. This is not, we are not equals. Oh, no, uh, clearly you're not equals, because uh, I'm pretty cool. Right. I know that this is against the rules, but perhaps I need to speak to you face to face. Wait, this isn't your face? He steps back and transforms. He becomes much larger. His his gray hair turns into scales. His entire body is now covered in scales. He's getting larger and larger, and... An ancient gold dragon is in front of you. So you picked that face, and you went with patchy gray hair instead of something like this? Hank motions towards his own new face. I'm the head of the camp. I'm supposed to be an authority figure. Most authority comes from the chin. We are all ancient here. Oh, no, these two are. I'm a teen. I was speaking of the dragons. Oh, well... I might be more ancient than some of your dragons. Can I just speak? Could you please just... This is supposed to be impressive. Are you not impressed by me? Oh, no. I'm sorry, but I imagine that I've seen something more impressive than you at some point in my life. More impressive than an ancient gold dragon? Eh, quite possibly. I think you're nice. I had a whole speech planned, and I don't want to share it with you anymore. All right, well, share your speech. My feelings are very hurt. No no worries. I'll just be over here sharpening my axe. Hey... Hey, dragon, I'm listening to you. I, myself, and the other dragon leaders created this camp to bring dragonkin together. We were a splintered, solitary race, and the colored, chromatic, evil dragons were growing in power. We had to join together to restore order, and that was centuries ago but why did it require cultural appropriation just looked like the best way to make friends is it possible it has anything to do with the efficiency of swimming in a lake well does it ignore the fact that a lot of people have terrible camp stories and had terrible times while at camp but that's not the part that gets romanticized in popular media yeah for authenticity how often are you locked in a closet well, everybody plays a different role every year, except for me, of course. Yes, how many people uh, actually send tearful letters home or have uh, dietary upsets that cause them to spend a lot of time in the toilet? Well, we actually, that's part of the fun. It's not fun. It shouldn't be joked about. But we're leading the lives of the weak, and we're leading the lives of the simple. It reminds us that we should be grateful for what we are and who we protect. Yawn. Can you let me down now, please? Not so sure you're a good influence on the children around here. We just wanted to deliver this beer and then leave. You guys are the ones who wrapped us up in your camp plan. What, you, you've created make-out point for all of these things who are cosplaying as children? Yeah, I feel like suddenly like I have way too much information. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe we should just go. Like I'm totally cool with that. 
Yeah, I'm okay with going now, I think. Yes, yeah. I need a good, strong shower, and it's not even my part of the century yet. What do you think people do at Makeout Point? They kiss harmlessly. They learn about what it's like to feel. Oh, what book have you been reading? This one. He holds out. Uh, it's obviously a children's book. It's a, about, uh, it's a story about somebody going to camp and having fun and adventures and pranks, and it's a very PG or a G-rated family thing that he's based the entirety of this whole camp experiment on. All right, everyone, gather around. I have some stories to tell you, things I've heard about at real camps. Oh, no, 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 we shouldn't. We don't, we don't want to. We oh, do no. ghost stories once a week. Oh, you sweet summer child. The horrors of the stories that Fook tells are not just terror. They are obscene they should be against obscenity laws oh yes probably fortunately there are no such laws here from what i understand i have to figure out what to do with you i can't just let you go you know why uh... yes we could just finish our beard oh, we finished the beer delivery so we could just leave because we've done our prank but you know too much what? Who are we going yours. to tell? What are we going to do with this information? No one would believe us. And I assure you, I won't remember this information in a few moments. And I never want to think about it again. I could let you go. All right, see you later. If you begin to act more in the spirit of the endeavor, I want you to prank us. Prank us real good. Fook raises his axe. Done! <laughs> That's not pranking! Let me see that book for a bit. Hank takes the children's book from him and begins to read through it and tries to figure out what he means by prank. So there's a lot of, uh, like, honey all over somebody's cabin. There's uh, taking sleeping people out and, like, putting their bed on the dock, stealing everybody's right sneaker and switching it with someone else's. There's a lot of, like, really innocent kid-style pranking. What is saran wrap, and what does it have to do with the toilet seat? <laughs> we have some ideas. I suppose we could meet up privately so that you're surprised by all of this. Yes, and then you'll go back, sneak back to the russet feathers, and you'll join in the final event of the Mountain Games. Oh, and what's that? It's the talent show. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do karaoke with this voice. It's going to be so much harder. I don't like group events. Are you the solitary kid who didn't have many friends before coming to camp, but then has to learn how to open up and join in? I'm the solitary child who watched her whole village burn. Ooh, which archetype am I? You're the weird one. Maybe you could start a radio station. Wait, that must mean you're the heartthrob. Oh, yeah. I've still got my bricky face. So the three of us move away and uh, start to plan what our prank is going to be. He turns slowly back into the humanoid form. Now I've got a lot of paperwork to do. I hope nobody pranks us. And he gives you the biggest, most obvious wink before turning around. Golden Leaf has returned to his space and is rerouting himself in place. All right, so we need a prank to save our lives. I was thinking you might be able to find some interesting mushrooms that we could mix in with that tomato sauce. Ooh, yeah, that's something I can do for sure. If I were to dispel someone's dragon polymorph spell at the right time, it could be embarrassing. Ooh, yeah. Like Go down to make out point? Yeah, and if or if they're in like a small room and then they turn into a dragon and then they're like... Or the bathroom. Yeah. Or we could 
you could cast some of your little fire dudes and we could label them one, two, and four and have them run around the camp and they'll be looking for the missing three. So which one are we going with? I kind of want to see a dragon stuck in a tiny room. Jero's the one who wants us to prank so bad. But could we still find those mushrooms for me? Yes, all right. The mushrooms are everywhere. Just grab some. You know what? We might as well do two if we're here. I mean, you only go to camp once. Ooh, because they'll see the first one and they won't be accept- expecting the second. Also, if we're having a talent competition, it kind of helps us if the other team is terrible because they're high as kites. True. Snakey um, skips off collecting mushrooms and putting them in her huge, dirty, baggy pockets. And Hank begins sneaking up at Jero's house from the back window. And Fook very obviously begins setting uh, things that look like trip wires, as if that is the prank that they're playing. You sort of begin to hear uh, voices from a distance. The campers from Goldenleaf, who had gone to play Mage Handball at Russet Feather, are on their way back, going, coming across the lake. I've actually got a fun idea. Hank hides in a bush so that he's near the boat of the incoming campers. And he casts Unseen Servant into their boat. So an invisible person picks up one of the oars and starts paddling them into a circle. There's a huge commotion on the, on the, on the water as the counselors are trying to uh, keep the, the, the children in line. Um, and some of them start to rock the canoes and are, they're all, some of them are floating over, flipping over. A bunch of them are now in the water. There's a lot, whole lot of splashing, yelling, screaming. A whole bunch of laughter as people fall in. Uh, the counselors are trying to contain the commotion that is going on. I created commotion. I pranked good. I'm going to go to the mess hall. Cover me. Snakey uh, sneaks up to the mess hall and slides in the door. Hello, old friend. She uh, approaches the stove and lifts the lid off a pot dumping the mushrooms into whatever is there, uh, picking up a spoon, giving it a quick stir, <laughs> gives it a tiny taste, uh, puts the spoon back down, replaces the lid, and on her way out, she spies some more Kool-Aid packets and rips them all open and eats them all at one time. Nom, 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 nom. I love camp. Ugh. She tries to slide out the door again, but uh, smacks her head on the doorframe and uh, succeeds the second time. Right as one of the camp counselors is finally starting to calm down the kids who are playing in the water, Hank's unseen servant comes up behind them in the canoe and knocks them over, creating a second playful commotion. Meanwhile, Fook is frozen in the middle of a series of paths because he can't remember where he set the (laughs) tripwires. So he doesn't know which way to go. So he he keeps taking a step one way and saying, no, no, not that way. The commotion has attracted the attention of Jero, who comes out of his office and smiles, takes a deep breath, and Who's doing all of this? Who's pranking us? They'd better get away before I catch them! Hank stands up proudly. You've been pranked! And runs off in the direction of Fook. Russet feather! Fook immediately runs towards the canoe and then trips on a tripwire. What does that do? Just trips him. <laughs> <laughs> Snakey is uh, running wobbly towards um, the two men. Whistles for Peg. <laughs> but she's not good at whistling. <gasps> Peg! Peg! The majestic Pegasus swoops down and picks you up 
allows you to uh, get yourself on its back and then flies away. Susan slithers it down the tree under the tripwires, grabs Fook by the underwear, and uh, starts uh, slithering towards the boat. They move towards the boat as quickly as they can, tripping on various tripwires as they go. It is a slow retreat <laughs> that is very noisy. The counselors have managed to get most of the uh, commotion under control. The unseen servants are no longer disrupting them. They're starting to get the campers onto the shores, and they are quite near you guys now. Camp Russet Feather for life! You've been pranked, you've been pranked, and you have been pranked. Ha 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 ha! Uh, Snakey is just laughing maniacally on uh, a Pegasus. Who brought a Pegasus? Duck shop, buddy! (laughs) (laughs) And the party retreats by canoe back towards their original camp. The reception you guys get at Camp Russet Feather Shores is immense. They were destroyed in Mage Handball. They lost 72 to 3. But they saw from a distance what was going on, and you are given a hero's welcome. Fook begins to sing We Are the Champions. They all sing along with you. There's nothing better camp kids like doing than joining in in song. Uh, Jillison comes up to you and says, Guys, we heard that was amazing. You you messed up all of the all the boats. They all fell in. Did, what what did you do to the tree? I we climbed up into Hank interrupts Fook. I threw a paint can at it, and that is the only information you need to know about what happened with the tree. Did you guys hurt yourselves? Yeah, quite a bit. Yes. We were hurt a little bit in the process. Nothing can touch me. I'm invincible. Wow, she's really up there. Do you guys want to you guys want to Want to stick around, maybe? Maybe you can help us out at the talent show? Wait, do we have to partake in the talent show now? I do have some talents, but they're usually not done on stage. Okay, well, it's just... I almost feel like you guys are a part of the camp now. We didn't even have to pay. Well, no one actually pays for this. Wait, what? Then what's with the little piles of treasure everywhere? Well, we like treasure. Ooh, so do I. If you're not paying, how is there a rich camp and a poor camp... What, there has to be a rich camp and a poor camp. So did you guys lose on purpose? Because that's just like what the poor camp would do? No, we're actually trying. Well, oh, I, They I chose mean, us as the poor camp because we would lose. Yes, gold's dragons tend to just be better at everything, unfortunately. Although I should point out that they're probably not going to be better today. Ooh, dinner's going to be weird. We may have put some special ingredients in whatever they're eating for dinner. Yeah, mushrooms make dragons high, too, right? Oh, my. Oh, what? Oh, what? Really? What? And everybody? What? Yeah, we're great at camp. We actually might have a chance at winning. Yes, let's go work on our acts. Wow, this is really great. This This is just great. What a great summer. What do you get if you win? You get the trophy. And what's the trophy like? It's like a big golden cup. It's golden because they always win it, but we'll make it copper. Ooh. Wait, uh, now that the beer thing's done, though, doesn't that mean you get to pay us? Can't we just send a check to the brewery? Right. It's not your beer. Well, they told us to get cash on the barrel head. sounds a little fishy. Are you trying to take treasure from a dragon? Fook, maybe <laughs> you shouldn't be doing any more negotiating today. I'm going to send a check. Ah, that was a prank. <laughs> Ah ha ha! <laughs> that was that was a, a prank. 
Who comes? Who walks into a camp full of thousands of dragons and tries to get money out of them? Yes, who does that? Not that us. would be silly. Ah, yes, or maybe a bag of holding of some sort because I'm constipated. What were you guys here for, anyways? I mean, like most delivery people are in and out. They're not just all. Uh, a lot of people just leave it at the door. Well, we were told to do this by a god, so we wanted to make sure we got it right. Yes, and we were told that dragons could be very valuable allies. So we wanted to make friends. You wanted to make friends? Yes. That's what this whole thing is about. To be close, close friends with benefits of some sort. This whole thing is about friendship. Friendship. And riding dragons. Yes, when this is all done, I'll send you I'll send you letters every and talk about how things are going at my school. Did you say riding? Are you? Wait, is this a war thing? What? I don't know anything. Ah, I'm going to be sick. Well, we did hear there were some demons rising and that the dragons might be interested in taking part. This sounds like mortal trouble. It's a demon thing. It's you know who. I don't want to be a bad host. Yes, then you should send all of your people into a war that some of you might not survive. But we'll be more likely to survive, and we're your friends. And what's the first rule of camp? Sacrifice your life for your friends. Be a good friend. Why don't we say this? If you help us out with the talent show, if we win, maybe I'll help you. You guys put, like, a weird amount of, of like, importance. <laughs> I feel like you guys, I mean, I know. Sure, yeah, I'm just a kid who was raised in the woods by myself. But really, I feel like you got your priorities mixed up. What? We're here to make friends. Make friends? I spent centuries alone, and now I spend every day with my friends. Yes, well, there's a weird series of tasks that we have to accomplish to get certain things, and it seems fairly arbitrary, but I'm willing to go with it. If you guys want me to fight a demon lord, I'm going to have to... Get rid of this unfinished business first, and we've never won the games. I don't think I could fly into battle knowing that we had never won. Wait, so if we win this, we get the support of the copper dragons, but none of the other dragons, correct? Well, I don't think the gold dragons will be too happy with you. I can't speak for anyone but myself, but we'll see what happens. All right. Well, I guess I've got to go sew some sequins onto something. All my skills come naturally, and I'm going to do them the way I do them. Well, the talent show is tomorrow night, so you got a whole day to prepare. Oh no. My face will never last that long. Oh no, you're going to be old Hank again. It changes back, but you're going to look like a half-eaten muffin again? Wait, but these people stay looking like children for a very long time. Yeah, but they're dragons. They have different magic. This is only going to last so long on me. Hmm. Huh. Well, I guess we'll leave you behind then. No. I, I can. Guess, uh, time I was, with you is done. And, I was uh, with you as a friend. You're before. not really no useful children. to us unless you're really smart, just, and you're obviously only really I, smart when you look like this. I've always been my friend. smart. Always. Your children are out there. It's. I'm gonna see them again. Yes, you will. Andorra, come, come with us. Andorra, no, don't leave. We're gonna take this cabin if that's all right with everyone. Andorra um, stays attached to uh, Hank's arm. Lights out. Everybody into their bunks. Remember, there's no sneaking around after lights out. Ooh, I'm going to go to make out point and see who's available. So the lights out is sounded. Everybody beds down. The lights go out. And this 
few minutes after that, you begin hearing like doors of cabins opening and people are sneaking around and out. Ours opens as well and Fook slips out and tries to remember the way to make out point. Snakey also sneaks out and follows Fook a few steps behind so he doesn't know she's there. Make out rock is a very large rock that is actually in the middle of the lake. It's basically an island. Um, there's lots of little nooks and crannies in it and people just sort of... Uh, meet up with each other and find out whoever's there um although some like some camp romances have blossomed and people have paired off but there's still a, there's still a few stragglers around fook looks for a straggler who appears to be over the age of 18 there is a dude wearing a jean jacket sort of leaning up against as up against the rock looking like he doesn't care about anything around him Fook walks up to him and leans against the rock beside this guy's knee. Hey. Why, hello. I'm Bibby. My name is Fook, and I'm immune to oral herpes. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you, like, uh, you like stuff? And things. Yeah, I'm real great at stuff. Yes, and you're also a male, so my dead wife in my pocket won't care if we happen to have a connection. Yeah, sure. That's cool. You like, uh, like want to make out or something? Or something. The camera moves away. <laughs> <laughs> and it fades to black. And as it comes back, the we see a scene of... Fook wrapped in a jean jacket and a smile on his face. Bibby lights a cigarette. Well, dragons have a lot more dexterity than I expected, Fook says, and he wanders off, holding a strange little egg. Uh, Snakey's followed Fook uh, all the way to make out point. She's pulled out her dagger because she does not trust any of these fools. Uh, she is hidden behind a tree, and um, just as um, Bibby starts to remove his uh, jean jacket, she's overtaken with sugar sickness and throws up everywhere, including all over herself. She's about to uh, to try and spy on Fook again, and she hears too much and um, stalks away into uh, the darkness. Snakey into the darkness runs into Jillicent. Hi. Oh, hi, hi, hi. Uh, I never come here. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, every once in a while I, I do, and I usually uh, end up alone. Uh, how, how are you doing? I'm on patrol for danger and, like, stuff. Yeah, well, um, I was, I was going to meet up with... Uh, it was maybe I said I'd meet up with Fwayne, but yeah, uh, Fwayne. I don't think I could. He's he's just so smelly and dirty. Yeah, it's weird that he has so much confidence, considering I mean he's pretty gross, and I know some of us can make it work, but that guy, no, thank you. Hmm. He it looks like a gym sock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can make it work. Thanks. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is weird. Um, do you want to make out? Um, no, bye. <laughs> Snakey runs 
full tilt back to the cabin. Oh gosh, what kids camp? Oh, everything's new. I have feelings. Everything's gross. And then she barfs um, all over herself again, right outside the door, all over the steps to the cabin. Hank is in the washroom weeping quietly as his face melts away back into his original face. It was nice while it lasted. And dawn breaks. There's a a trumpet to wake people up. Uh, everybody's sort of rushing back into their cabins. Fook returns with a with a jean jacket with bronze buttons on it. Hello, everyone. I uh, don't know where this egg came from, but um, looks like lunch is provided. <gasps> Maybe it's baby dragon. Maybe it's baby dragon. Oh wait, what? Oh, it's baby dragon. Can I keep it? Oh, oh new friends. And are new friends. Snake is there's new friends. You have so many pets. They're not friends. You have so many friends. Hank, is this a dragon egg? Uh, I mean, let me let me do a quick check, but I think so. It's a bronze dragon egg. That is for sure a bronze dragon egg. Yes. Oh my! Don't worry. I will keep it in my coat. Really? I don't I, think. You I, should have been able to make I, this. There were some parts of that that got very confusing to me. It's already fading away. Did this come out of you? Hank, I think I might be about to be a father or a mother or the person who stole an egg from someone. We're going to figure it out, little buddy. But for now, Snakey, take care of the egg. Oh, this is going to be so cool. She tucks it into this. She opens her coat, and it's just like full of pockets and layers. And she just tucks it into one right under her armpit. Nice and warm. But quick, Snakey, don't don't name it yet, okay? Don't name it till we know for sure where it's from. I don't name anything, man. Everybody names themselves. What is wrong with your perception of the world? Well, if it's... Part gnome, I've got a series of possible names for it. We'll discuss when the time comes. You're not allowed naming any more of your kids Daryl. The breakfast bell rings and you all, everybody files into the mess hall and there's bacon and eggs and cereal and oatmeal and just a huge breakfast buffet. And Jillicent catches sight of Snakey with her, uh, with her tray and then just immediately turns around and walks in the other direction. Uh, Snakey does the exact same thing in the opposite direction. Fook is there proudly in his denim jacket with the sleeves rolled up. You are surrounded by a group of like 14 to 16 year old girls who recognize the jacket and they have a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Fook has very few answers, (laughs) so he's very vague and tries to be nonchalant about it. And people pretty much give Hank a wide berth. (laughs) I miss my face. We, we all, all miss do. your face. <laughs> Can you learn a polymorph spell? I could try, but I mean, it's really advanced. Maybe if you just... Snakey has taken her disgusting hands and put them on the side of Hank's face, and she's trying to squish him long <laughs> and stretch him out in other directions. Maybe if you just did a little bit... And a Is it working? And a Is you working at all? It's useless. You uh. look like a pack of beans so you guys have the full day to work on your talent show act i'm thinking live execution (laughs) (laughs) who who would we be executing volunteers oh i doubt we'd get many of those what if i just um uh shoot an apple off someone's head 
We'd still need a volunteer to have an apple on the head that I trust you to shoot it. Oh, I trust her. I never miss. I never miss. And if I took part in her talents, that would mean my own indecent talents would not be necessary on this stage. I think maybe we should really rethink if they're ever necessary. Well, let's not go that far. Okay, sorry. You're right. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. Well, our things are the same in this case. So maybe I'll be in charge of just like the razzle-dazzle. Like I'll do some dancing lights, I'll do some prestidigitate, I'll just make a lot of sparks fly. Are you honing in on our talent instead of doing something separate on your own? I'm just, you know, I'm kind of self-conscious about being on stage right in the spotlight right now. So maybe I'll just be in the... Because of your face. Because of my face, yeah. I could do a feat of strength and split a boulder with my axe. Ooh. And I'll make sparks come out of it. It'll be really impressive. Everyone will like it. Just do your own thing. Put flashing lights behind you. It'll be real nice. What if you did a chorus line with those little fire dudes? Ooh. I mean, I could teach them to dance. Magmans, we're going to have a dance. They're not actually here, you realize, so you're, you're saying that to empty air. You talk to your wife all the time. I don't think talking to my dead wife is a talent. I mean, it's not something everybody can do. That's true. Maybe she's got a talent. Can she sing good? Does she do trivia? Ooh, maybe she can make contact with dead dragons and pass information, and that could be my talent. That could be like a clairvoyant thing. Yeah, you could be like a psychic. Ooh, and I can do that while splitting boulders while you shoot apples off of me. And I will add other razzle-dazzle. I think we have a plan. So you rehearse throughout the day. <laughs> and one, two, three, four. <laughs> this involves my, my dead wife having to reach another afterlife because she's in the gnomish one. She has to reach the dragon one in time for the production. You are checked in on by Fwain at one point, and he just sort of opens the door with an expectant, like he's going to make a joke or something, and then... No, that's the undead life for the wyverns. Totally one, different. One, two, three. One, two, three. Magmans, ho! Get out of here, Fwain! He closes his mouth, backs out, and closes the door. Uh, then dinner is called Spaghetti Night, as it is Spaghetti Night for the entire uh, lake. Everybody has the same menu. At dinner, everybody sits down, and uh, Jillison comes up, uh, sits down next to Snakey, and says, I just want to say I'm sorry for making you feel awkward. I, I didn't mean to do that. You did, just, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. No, it's totally. I'm sorry if I made you feel awkward. Cool, anyway, cool. it's cool. Cool. We're friends? We're, yeah, friends. Friends. Just friends, friends right? Just friends. Yeah. Just friends. Yeah. Uh, before you wander off, one simple question that has no relation to anything. How long do dragon eggs take to hatch? Like we're calling a timeout on the... Okay, timeout on camp. Uh, dragon eggs uh, could be anywhere from a month to a year. Okay, on your way. I can't sit with you guys. Uh, We've got some more rehearsal to talk to about our act. Okay. Do you know any dead people? People? Dragons. uh, Dead dragons. My aunts and uncles and grandparents? Any names? Penis? Fook immediately starts trying to whisper into his pocket. Um, No, that's enough. I guess I'll see you uh, at the show in an hour. Um, Have a good dinner. Yep. Bye. 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 All right. She's kind of stuck in the area with the wyverns. Apparently, they're when they're dead, they become very uh, party-oriented. It's tough to move through. Why is the afterlife so so racist and separated? This means that you and I could never... Well, no, no, that's not a problem. That means you and I in our afterlives could never run into each other. I'm never going to die. Wait, do you, <laughs> do you go to the elven afterlife or the human afterlife? I don't know, and I've never had anyone to tell me. Maybe she gets, like, dual citizenship and she can go to both of them, but, like, 
So you're going to have to spend like weekends in one and weekdays in the other? Well, maybe we'll have to ask that question while we're on stage. That seems very depressing. Dinner ends, you have your desserts. Everybody gathers together on the docks because you are going to the Gold Leaf Camp to their stage because they have the biggest stage. And everybody gets in the canoes and the boats and you move together as a camp. The entire camp goes. You see all the other campers from all the other camps, the various metallic colors of that. So you see the bronze and the silver, and they're all converging on the banks of Camp Goldleaf. And you guys move up with the group. Uh, Beckles leads the way. Fook is now in his armor again because he thinks it looks more dramatic. Aren't sure, but you think out of the corner of your eye, Fook, that... As you pass by the tree form of gold leaf that he turns and does the I see you with the fingers to his eyes. And you continue on to the stage. It is an outdoor amphitheater. It is dug into the ground. There are seats for all of the campers. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. I'm getting a bit of stage fright. Now I'm gonna. I got your back on stage, man. We can do this together. We're gonna be a team up there. I yeah. promise I won't shoot you in the face. That would have been much more reassuring yesterday when you were handsome. Because you were added to the running order late, you are going on last. There's a bronze group of uh, girls who do plate spinning, and they're quite good. Uh, only two of the plates break. Uh, Bibby from the Silver Dragons just gets up and brushes his hair in front of everyone, and it is it is wonderful. He has very great hair. Wait, Hank, is there any way you can do something to screw this up for him with his beautiful hair brushing? I cannot, but I can make him smell different. Ugh. Hank has prestidigitation, and he smells like cinnamon buns baking in an oven. Can't Everybody loves it. <laughs> the worst. Somehow, Bibby is more charismatic. The brass tax camp has the most boring trite and unimaginative one come up and they do a choreographed dance to a popular song that is trite and boring but loved by all Fook uses his wand of prestidigitation uh, to undo the shoelaces of one of them while they're dancing suddenly one of their shoes comes out and as they were trying to do a move their foot doesn't move the way it was normally supposed to, and they accidentally go into a motion that is not unlike the lean by Michael Jackson, and everybody applauds greatly because this is a smooth criminal up there. Fook tries to salvage this by saying, Oh, how embarrassing for mm -hmm. them. The crowd is hooting wildly because they love it. Goddamn. Fook, we can win this fair and square. You don't have to try to trip this up. We got the goods. And the gold group comes up. They do a full-on, fully produced, fully choreographed version of the entire score of Hamilton. And it brings everybody to their feet. And it was amazing. How does that even make sense in this world? The gold dragons are just that good. Gold dragons. More like mold dragons. Ugh, I hate them. So after the two hours plus performance of Hamilton, uh, the MC comes on. It's Jero. Right. Wasn't that great? That was absolutely wonderful. Uh, tears. Tears in my eyes. Now the last and almost certainly the least. We have the Camp Russet Feathers 
trying to do something to entertain you, though most of you are obviously tapped out after such an amazing show. It's been three hours so far, so who wants to watch someone make this show longer? I really think they're doing us all a disservice by even attempting to perform. Here are Camp Russet Feather. Silence. There's no, no reaction from the crowd. Fook walks out on stage. Every spike on his armor has been speared with an apple. So that there are apples coming off his shoulders, apples coming off of his codpiece, apples off his knees, apples everywhere. Hank places a bag that he's drawn a face on over his head and steps out onto stage. He casts Conjure Minor Elementals to summon the four Magmans, who stand flanking him on both sides and strike a pose to begin the dance. Snakey flies through the air on the Pegasus, landing center stage. The Pegasus kneels its front knee, and um, Snakey slides off in one smooth move. Tonight, we intend to show you the impossible. We intend to shoot apples while parting the curtains between the dimensions so that we may speak to the dead. And I'm going to dance, too. And he's also going to do a dance thing. Who amongst you knows someone who's dead? You. You. He points to whoever he thinks looks familiar because he can't remember what she looks like. Uh, you point at Fwayne. You, madam. <laughs> who do you know who is dead? Uh, like, uh, I don't know. My, uh, my dad. So, penis. Let us speak to penis. And Fook holds aloft a marble. At first, nothing happens. But then the sun effect created by the bioluminescent mold at that moment goes into its blinding sunset sort of cycle. And the light becomes orange. There's a wind that picks up. First faintly, but then loud enough for all to hear. Who has summoned me? Yeah, my name is Fook Wimbles. I'm a cleric of uh, someone who. What's you're his name? Not a cleric. You're, you're a paladin I, of Ogma. I'm a paladin of Ogma, and I have sought you out to speak across the curtain. Shoot an arrow. Shoot an arrow. Uh, Snakey knocks three arrows at once and shoots them uh, towards Fook, knocking off the apples on one side of his legs. Hank and the Magmans begin the Macarena. Why have I been summoned? To speak to everyone assembled. Please identify yourself. Uh, Snakey knocks three more arrows and shoots off the apples on the other side of his legs. Hank is now doing the lawn sprinkler dance move with the Magmans. I asked why you responded with a question. Oh, it's because we're at a talent show. Oh, a talent show. Hey, ooh, I could guess somebody's weight. Well, first identify yourself. I am Bahamut, mighty god of all dragon kind. Wait, what? Oh, no. This um, is going wrong. Snakey... Uh, Snakey draws an arrow and shoots the arrow off the very top of Fook's head. <laughs> hey, is this the end of the dragon games? Who's it leading the points? Uh, well, depending on how you continue this conversation, maybe we are. Oh, wow. I get to be involved in the winning for once. I never got to go to camp. They are shocked. The audience, every jaw has dropped. The Magmen are doing Thriller now. 
but Hank is too shocked to join the dance. I hadn't intended to uh, bother a god, but... Uh, oh, no worries. Okay. Well, uh, say hi to my wife for me. Oh, she's lovely. We're having tea. Is there anything you would like to sp- say to the, sp- the living dragon kind? Right. Um, huh, you're kind of putting me on the spot here. Yes, I am. Uh, hi. I like what you're doing. Ooh, uh, if I could just point out, um, these these dragons are about to be uh, running into a bunch of demons that are about to break open into this world. If there's any particular message you want to give along those lines, might be handy. The Magmens have shifted to ballet. Yeah, um, is that really going to affect any of you guys in the mountains? Fook looks around expectantly, nodding his head helpfully. Everybody sort of cocks their head and they're starting to think about things. Well, once demons break through, are they really likely to stay in one place? Fook shakes his head dramatically no. Oh, yeah, maybe do something about that. I mean, if you got time, it's like summer's almost over, so... Yeah, um, I guess so. I mean, it's not good. Fook is taking this as a triumphant success, uh, and he points the remaining apples towards Snakey. Snakey knocks a series of arrows all at once and shoots towards uh, Fook, knocking apples off his shoulders, and the final apple just knocked off the end of his codpiece. It flies uh, into a tree beside the stage. The apple splits in two and falls uh, onto the head of Bibby. Wow! That was great! You guys get a load of that shot? Oh, uh, one last question before I go. Has there ever been a gnome dragon half-breed? That sounds real weird. Fook goes into an immediate bow. Why to do that? Wait, uh, I think we finished. You would need yeah. to. Uh, let's stop. But that. is that physically possible? Well, it seems to be. Hey, how come you guys haven't done anything about Tiamat? And it just cuts off. The Magmans do a series of backflips and then end by folding their arms and leaning against Hank, who immediately catches on fire. <laughs> the sight of Hank bursting into flames sort of jogs them out of their stupor and, led by Jillicent, claps softly at first, sort of picks up speed, looks around, other people start nodding at each other, and other people start clapping, and then... Just a wave. The entire audience bursts into applause. and Everybody is hooting and hollering. Uh, someone does a backflip in the audience. They are ecstatic. Hank is stopped dropping and rolling around the stage. <laughs> the applause-o-meter, which is just one of the people using their hand uh, to go up and down like a, like a dial, is... is going way around he is just spinning his arm now and jero comes back onto the onto the stage and everybody sort of calms down a bit fook is still deep in his bow uh snakey is hip cocked to one side just eyebrows raised totally unimpressed hank is now lying sideways smoldering but it's supposed that he's picked now as opposed <laughs> to really be rolling around well that was good um, the winners of this year's Mountain Games are the Russet Feathers. Russet Feather campers jump onto the stage. They run down and they put you all on their shoulders. Fook's still bent in half. 
and they are triumphant and happy. There are high fives everywhere. Snakey's very uncomfortable with all these people around her, but gives in to the fro and lets herself be carried. Hank manages to de-summon the magmans right before they catch everyone on fire. And you are carried all the way back to uh, the Russet Feather camp. Everybody has a party, and then as the little kids are put down to bed, you Jillison calls you aside and says, "Thanks so much for what you guys did. That was who was that on the other line? That couldn't. That wasn't actually Bahamut, was it?" Uh, well, Fook holds up the marble and taps it. Uh, darling, um, who was that we spoke to? He was a. Uh, it was a dragon. Um, it was a bit platinum-y. There are platinum dragons. Oh, uh, Delson pops up. Only Bahamut. Oh. So that was actually Bahamut then. Wow. That is... Wow. How do we top that? I guess we don't have to. We can just choose to believe that the gods are involved in our lives and are interested in keeping the, the world going. Right. Well... And also, my wife is amazing. She's very diplomatic. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I guess there's only one thing left to do. And that's party! It's kegger time! I would very much like a drink. Uh-oh. Same. The She leads you and the other counselors onto a boat, and they go to a section of the uh, lake shore that doesn't have a camp on it, uh, but it has a bunch of empty buildings, but that's where they hold the annual kegger. Giant barrels of the dragon ale are opened up, and all of the counselors turn themselves back into their dragon form. Each of these barrels are now just shot glasses. But thankfully, they've been stockpiling. There is dragon ale to last the whole night. And even for you guys, somebody conjures up some human ale. Hank is holding his mouth open under some of the dragons as they drink, hoping that a couple drops of the dragon ale will fall into his mouth. Some do. Hank immediately vomits harder than he has ever vomited and falls unconscious for the rest of the night. Worth it. Fook is just trying not to be trampled. Snakey's leaning against the tree, trying to look very cool. The dragons party long into the night, and when the bioluminescent dawn comes, they are sluggish and hungover. Hank wakes up. Very groggy. Uh, I don't 100% remember who I am. I feel like, is my name Fook? Am I, am you I, wish. Am I a knight of this realm or another one or something? You very much wish. Susan, who's been dancing the night away on the dance floor, is just still going, uh, weaving herself around all the like fallen, fallen asleep dragon bodies. Slowly, the dragons start to stir, and they... The ones who wake up sort of shake off the effects and fly into the air and sort of off into the distance. They're not returning to their camps. It's the end of summer, and you see hundreds of other multi-metallic-colored dragons. The campers are reverting to their true form and leaving the camps and flying away. And you're all but one dragons leave the area where you are, one copper dragon, which slowly morphs back into a human in the form of Jillicent. Wow, that was that was the best kegger ever, wasn't it? I think so. I usually drink alone. As keggers go, it's the best one I can remember. Well, I just want to thank you for everything you guys did. 
Um, and uh, it looks like uh, looks like you guys have a hard road ahead of you, and I guess I'm gonna have to walk that road with you, yeah, or you, you... fly that road with you, right? Right? Ooh. Up top. I got in touch with a few of the other people, and we're not exactly the most interventionist of beings. I mean, I think you've earned assistance, and I think it's probably important to stop you know who, even though it doesn't directly immediately affect us. And I've got a couple people who agree with me. So it'll be me. It'll be... Wayne. Wayne. And for some reason, Bibby. Ooh. Does that mean we each get a dragon to ride? Now, there are a bunch of ground rules in this, okay? Sure, whatever. Just write them down for us. We'll look at them later. We're great at rules. Yes. Right. First thing. Oh. No, anyone on the them. back of a dragon is not in charge. There are no saddles. There is no rain. There is no bit. We go where we go. Well, we'll see. That's fine with me. And Hank moves around and grabs her by the shoulders and just expectantly hopes she turns into a dragon. She f- judo flips you over <laughs> her back. Hank! Jeez! I thought she was ready to dragon up. No, not, never. Ugh. Um, Snakey, I know I, I don't want it to be weird, but um, I, I'd feel better if y- you were the one I carried. Yeah, totally. Totally, that's cool. Cool, cool. I'm fine with that. Yeah, cool. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. cool. Yeah, You're cool. Yeah, that's You're fine. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Anyways, guys. Um, uh. Yes, I'll try not to take that personally. Well, um, Bibby actually said he wouldn't mind another another ride. Who? He said it in a weird way where the eye was very long. Which one was Bibby? The jean jacket one. He said you have his jacket and he'd like it back too. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember how I got this. Oh, boy. At that, you hear the sound of a dragon crying in the distance. <laughs> Hank, uh, Fwayne actually asked to be with you. I do not he understand. He said that you guys like have a real connection. I do not understand. Something about guys who smell alike, share alike, or live alike. I do not smell like him. I smell different. I smell not great. I get this. But I smell like a different type of problem than this guy. I don't know. He feels like, uh, he, he just feels comfortable with you. It's time for once for me to crack out the old press to digitate and clean this up. So let's uh let's hear your plan. Uh, um. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians, starring Scott Thrower as Luke the Paladin. Lee Cameron as Snakey the Ranger, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, theme by Derek Baldwin, and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com, and don't forget to like, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.